tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time, the Paperboy, Mordecai, after last season. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> this is Sandman the Rapping Cowboy. And Radio 8 Ball taught me to ride bull. <laughs> Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andros Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening. 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 Where we are engaging the pop oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball, as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app if you're an iPhone user. It's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen pop oracle song of the day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, I asked, Will the Attic Expedition's atonement unlock the box? It's my head! And received as my randomly chosen answer, Lowercase Blues, recorded live by Chris Sand, a.k.a. Sandman the Rappin' Cowboy, at Little Red Studio in Seattle, Washington, on July 8th, 2009. Johnson wasn't that old he died in his 20s he was poisoned I'm told the devil he walked with who made him a star who met him at the crossroads where he was playing guitar this week, really it's uh, my pleasure to welcome Sandman back to the show, calling in from Missoula, Montana, to talk about topics ranging from the Antichrist to Joni Mitchell to 
Well, uh, me. Chris and I have been friends since the early 1990s. We've toured together, recorded together, played baseball, cried through breakups, and maintained a supportive friendship through each of our various controversies as minor public figures in the scenes where our names and work are known. Because of this long relationship, Chris has been on Radio 8 Ball more than any other guest, and thus has more songs in the app than any other guest, which is why his songs have come up as the answer so many times during our third season, built around the app as it is. Well, there's been a lot going on in the world this week. Um, Let's see. The U.S. government is continuing their efforts to extradite and imprison an award-winning Australian journalist named Julian Assange, thus setting an extremely dangerous precedent for press freedom nationally and globally. In our presidential race, both sides are making a show of how much they can distance themselves from popular life and planet-saving policies like Medicare for All and a Green New Deal, while alternately proclaiming their allegiance to armed white supremacists or more cops and more fracking. One side encouraging their supporters to engage in terrorist voter intimidation, while the other side chooses to intimidate their voters by bullying and shaming them into submission. It's all pretty dispiriting. And most of us have to look a little closer to home for things to appreciate. For me, it was getting a haircut. My first since March. My hair got very long. But I wasn't about to go to a salon and share air with the sort of folks who would engage in risky behavior like going to a salon and sharing air with folks like me. Then I found a hairstylist in Seattle about 60 miles from my home, who was offering outdoor cuts. It's kind of surprising that none of the stylists in a broke-ass DIY town like Olympia thought to offer this service. If you are a stylist who is hearing this, the person I eventually ended up going to is booked out weeks in advance. And like I said, I traveled an hour both ways just to see her. She goes as Lizzie Snips, And I got a great cut on her porch, watching her chickens cluck and peck in the backyard. There was also a dog and a cat and what sounded like a baseball team's worth of kids playing in the backyard out of sight from where I was getting worked on. It was a sunny day and the whole experience was tremendously humanizing. I know it's not a matter of global or national importance, but it made a difference inside as well as outside of my head, which was, after all, the subject of my question for the Pop Oracle on last week's show, although I didn't really think about the connection until just now. Well, shifting gears, I have some other exciting news to report. We got our first review on Apple Podcasts after months of my begging, and as promised, I'm going to read it on the show. Here we go. R8B Girl writes... Love it. I've been listening to this show for years and it just keeps getting better. Amazing music, insightful readings, and tons of celebrity guests, too. What is your question for the Pop Oracle? Well, thanks, R8B Girl. I think it's quite a coincidence that we share the same initials. And uh, glad you like the music and the readings. I don't know 
if the celebrity guests would appreciate I don't know, having their weight focused on, you list them as tons of celebrity guests. They're they're very they're all very svelte. The celebrity guests we've had on, yeah, not a not a a wasted not a wasted square inch of of body on these these exemplary people. No, they're all perfectly sized. I guess if you put them all together, maybe maybe there's a ton in there, maybe a couple tons. I don't know. I haven't seen most of these people in a long time. Anyway, point is, thanks a lot for your for your really nice review. And I hope that encourages some of you all out there to do likewise. As other than telling your friends about it personally, it's the best way to help other people find our show. Other ways you can support Radio 8 Ball include joining our Patreon campaign for a dollar a month, which gives you access to all our bonus episodes, which means most of my questions, at least Almost all of my questions, except when I end up asking a question on the actual main show, which is very rarely. And, of course, as I said in the intro, you can download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And that's a great way to share this format with your friends. And, of course, if you haven't already, please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get our episodes as soon as they are released. Before we get down to digging into some musical synchronicity with this week's guest, let's do as we always do and kick off the musical divination with the Pop Oracle Song of the Day from the day I had my conversation with Chris Sand on October 6th, 2020. That's Paint My Day from my album, All You Get. Oh, and I forgot to mention it on the show, but this song features the writer and performer of the song of the day from our last episode, Veda Hilly on the organ. I can't seem to get enough of this crummy weather and whether or not you're coming, I'm taking a walk. In the rain Well, you can say that I'm extreme But it's my wet and waking dream And you can paint my day In shades of gray You can rain on my parade
Brian Wilson's hiding in the bathroom while all of his well-tanned brothers just surf their lives away. October 6th, 2020, 7.11 p.m. with Sandman the Rap and Cowboy. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, Chris Sand. Good to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the last time you were here was at the beginning of Season 3, The Appening. And let's see, that was back on March 16th, 2020. So really, right at the... You were really the first... We had an episode before where we kind of predicted COVID. Oh, that's right. Yes. With Arwald <laughs> Vincent. But then you were really our first post-pandemic artist on the show. Do you remember what that's your question right. was at the time? Oh, uh, I remember it had to do with the pandemic. What, what was it? What is the darkness behind oh, closed eyes that's right <laughs> and you got chris price doing harry nilsson's the lottery song mm-hmm. which we then discussed the following week with morty coil of all day sucker uh, because right. we could not get chris price at the time so try not to get chris price is the answer to your question on this one because he might be he's a very busy guy yeah point. but you never, know, you never know no, it's always great to hear his music anyway. So, uh, so yeah, so at the time, you didn't know what was going to happen, if you were going to survive. Did you survive? That was, I asked that back then? No, no, but you survive. just sort of oh. sounded, you didn't like, you didn't know about your work yeah. or how oh, you were yeah. going to be getting food and you hadn't stocked up on food and you were That's a little right. worried about that. Or maybe yes, just yes. you're saying it made me worried. Right. Everything turned out well. You know, I started getting those $600 weekly checks, which was more than I was making at my my job. So that was nice. Um, it was a lot of work homeschooling my daughter for those three months. But we survived. And uh, yeah, it's been an interesting year. Uh, not all bad. It feels like the calm before the storm. So I'm trying to just enjoy enjoy just in case it gets really really bad 
It feels almost more like the storm before the storm. <laughs> I hope. I hope that's uh, accurate. So you're back working at the theater. You work at yep. uh, the Roxy Theater in yeah. Missoula, Montana. M that's Missoula's right. cool independent movie theater. Yeah. Oh, art house cinema. And how is that working? Being having a movie theater in in the midst of COVID. How have you how have you survived? Well, we have three theaters in the Roxy and we open those up to uh, rentals. And so there's usually just like one rental a day. It's usually averages about 10 people. They'll pay 200 or 250 bucks to rent it. And uh, yeah, I get my four hours in by making popcorn, starting the movie, cleaning up afterwards. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, I, 50 bucks a day, uh, five days a week pays my bills so wait so do the people rent do they bring their own movie that they want to show they can but we have an extensive library with a lot of good blu-rays that they can look through and choose any real film uh you mean like literal film yeah literal film we uh we have one we have one of those 35 millimeter but we take so much work we've just been doing blu-rays got it got yeah it. Yeah, and we also opened up right next door. We uh, there's Edward Jones Financial Building, and they moved away, so we snagged that and rent that, and we put another theater in there. But because of COVID, we can't show movies in there, so we put a fifth screen on the back of that building, which also butts against the Roxy. So that's been fun. So three days a week, uh, we'll show a movie. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll show an outdoor screening. And it's a big enough space to fit 60 people, but w with social distancing, it's 24. So we're making money on that. And then we also use a, a baseball field and we could pack 900 people into that. And once a week, we'll do a, a you know, an outdoor screening, you know, whether it's like the Talking Heads, you know, live film or... Stop making sense. Yeah, stop making sense or or uh, ET we're showing that I think next week so yeah we're doing we're figuring it out being creative now do you find when you do outdoor screenings that some people you know just park far enough away and just watch it and don't don't pay yeah it's possible to do that but it's kind of in a little in a little valley so it's way better if you just uh, get on the field and we have um like chalk markings to have little pods that people can bring their friends to the pod. Yeah. And there's also the seats. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What's happening on the music front for you? Well, I'm writing a lot. Um, I've gotten the new thing, which is just writing these short little songs and putting them out. Did you see my latest, the latest one about Trump um, not being, not being sick? Is that the Hope Hicks one? That's the Hope Hicks. Yeah. It was more, it's not really a, I don't really believe it when I sing it. It's more about the premises, the, the boy who cried wolf. Like he's lied so many times that now he's finally really is sick. <laughs> but I'm going to say, no, you're not. You know, I don't believe you anymore. So that's, that's what that, that rap's built on. Well, if it's cool, maybe if you send me the track, I'll throw the track on the end of this podcast and then everyone can hear it. Sure. Let's talk about how your song answered my question 
from last week's episode about uh, will the Attic Expedition's atonement unlock the box? It's my head. (laughs) Uh, And we got uh, lowercase blues. Now, that's a song you change the lyrics to. Do you change the lyrics to that regularly? Or is there just mm. one version and then the second version? Let's say the, I think Tom, there's, the Tom Cruise yeah. version and the John Wayne version. That's pretty, they're kind of interchangeable in a way. But yeah, that was the most extreme where I just used all different names. I didn't I didn't use Kurt Cobain. I didn't use Lead Belly. I didn't use um, Tom Cruise. But I think, yeah, I think maybe I'll just go back to the original. It's probably, I've always thought that line about grunge, um, he wasn't really a devil, more like a sponge. And Payne's Universal just listened to grunge. I, I don't know. I always felt self-conscious about that line, and I also felt self-conscious about calling Lead Belly, like Lead Belly sang blues, because he was more of a, a folk singer in a way. But you know, ultimately he was a blues singer, and ultimately, uh, Kurt Cobain is more interesting than John Wayne. So maybe I should keep it that way. Yeah. Well, you got Skip James in there. That's pretty cool. I did, yeah. I could keep Skip James. Yeah, so anyway, so this is a song that I have a long history with. It's, I think it was my first favorite of your songs. Mm. From, I remember, with that first demo of yours. Yeah. What was the, the name of that? I think I, I called the demo Lowercase Blues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I had a long history of, with it, and... Like I have a long history with the Attic Expeditions, so and like I have a long history with you, so that definitely there was a lot of context for me when that song came up, and then you heard my interpretation and what yeah. I made of it. So I'm just kind of curious: Do you have any insights into how that song relates to my question about just the the ritual of the attic and if there, if the the magic I'm doing in the present day has the power to uh, I don't know, transform or change the ritual and uh, open it up, I guess, like you would a box or a brain. Yeah. Well, I loved how you kind of turned that into a code, the 789. And um, what was the other part of it felt why it felt like a... Well, just because like, if you're making a code, there's a difference between your uppercase and your lowercase letters. Yeah, and, and also just... Um, the, the word case, uh, yeah. that it, it's a mystery that you're trying to unravel. I really wish I'd seen the movie. Uh, how can I, how can I see it by the way? Uh, it's, it's on a, a lot of, it's on several streaming services. Okay. Okay. Search for it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, for whatever reason, what was flashing through my mind, um, for me was Joni Mitchell. I kept thinking about how her song a case of you mm. um so, i don't i don't know if it influenced my song lowercase blues but there's so many synchronicities within within a case of you and it tied into the veda hilly song um case that, of the nazarene that, yeah so she's Christ, like she's a like a, a practicing christian I don't know. I feel like that yeah. was like she got a hold of some ecstatic Christian poetry. Yeah. And was really inspired by it. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like that was like a song where she's like she's proselytizing or singing about her church. I've I've never got a particularly 
Christian vibe from her in what you would think of as, you know, devoutly yeah. devoted to like a particular church. But uh, that song certainly was inspired by impassioned Christ love. And that was the song of the day for that day. Yeah. And and that was the day that the Trumps got COVID, or at least told the world they did, um, which you didn't mention because you probably hadn't heard about it by the time yeah. it came out. So I thought that was an interesting date as well, because that's, that's a pretty huge thing, at least in any other universe this year. Like I think Trevor Noah just said, it's just a Friday you know, right. in this world. But um, but yeah, I kept thinking about a case of you, so I had to look up the lyrics. And like I said, Joni Mitchell and Beta Hilly have a connection because they're both Canadian and, and that they're just these incredible songwriters. Um, have you ever thought of them in the same in the same way? Hmm. Not really. Not till not till now. I, yeah. I, it's funny because like you say, they're Canadian songwriters. But to me, I think of Veda as Vancouver and Joni as Toronto, yeah. which is sort of like San Francisco and New York. Like it's, they're both Americans, yeah. but it, <laughs> it's true. There's just something about their songwriting that is seems can, Canadian, like very sophisticated. It's true. That's yeah. True. And so I looked up the, the words, and it was like, "I am a lonely painter." Yeah, and I live in a box of paints. Oh, Fright, you know, which we'll, I'll get to. Um, frightened by the devil, and drawn to those that ain't afraid. So, you know, she talks about holy wine. You're in my blood like holy wine. So there's that kind of uh, religious element. But then it also tied. It's like a triangulation of all these songs and all these ideas. Because today's song of the day was "Paint My Day" by by you. Um, You're jumping ahead on me, man, but that's fine. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll, I'll come back to that. So anyway, uh, in the Attic Expeditions, there's that box, right? So yeah. Uh, so so Joni Mitchell's song, which was really coming up for me strongly, in her first line, she talks about, I live in a box of paints. That's frightened by the devil. That's pretty amazing. And we, it, we can go even deeper because people who follow Radio 8 Ball will know. And it was actually referenced on not last week's show, but the last show with a, the, with a guest, which was Bart Davenport. He mentioned the Joni Mitchell tribute. Oh, that's right. That we did. And on that Joni Mitchell tribute, basically it devolved when uh, Sid Straw got very mad at me and stormed out of the room, knocked over a microphone, and was like, ah! uh, and, and she had just performed A Case of You. Yeah. And, and I would still be on my feet.
it's well just the, the dynamic of pissing off people when I'm not doing anything to piss them off you know like like having things that I'm doing that are not meant as aggressive and being interpreted as aggressive and so that someone else responds aggressively <laughs> it feels like it's the box that I'm in like that yeah. dynamic of that scene could have been like that happened inside the box in my head in the attic expeditions and like that that has got me locked in this box where yeah so yeah it's more than a triangulation at this point yeah. it's more than it's a, a quadrangulation what it's is a it pentagulation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah well uh that was kind of genius because on that episode you were interviewing yourself and i was hearing yourself you know uh kind of give yourself you're you're arguing with yourself and it was really fun to hear how you would respond to something that you would say that might be a little bit edgy mm -hmm. um like it just seemed very jewish uh <laughs> you know uh, and i i loved it. Uh, it it was like a good example like anyone who needs a primer on how to talk to a jew should listen to you talking to yourself <laughs> because yeah that's funny. That's I. I well, <laughs> uh, very schizophrenic too. <laughs> Reminds me of the Attic Expeditions. At least what I think it's about. Yeah. Well, it just makes. Yeah, I was. I, I thought about that. It's. It is the way. I don't know if it's the way Jews talk to each other, but it's definitely the way this Jew talks to himself. Like I'm definitely <laughs> way more. If people who know me think that I'm critical or judgmental or snarky or sarcastic, it's what they're getting is a just a, a fraction of what I do to every <laughs> thought that goes through my head. Sort of yeah. like, really? There's always a voice being like, uh-huh, sure, okay, yeah, of course <laughs> you think that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Get to get to the point, get to the point, Andre. Get, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> And if you ever listen to me talking for a while on this podcast and you hear me sort of like I'll stop in the middle of a sentence and go back and be it's because I'm responding to that critical dialogue going on in my head all the time. And the fun yeah. thing about doing the, the me on me podcasts is that it, when you it is more fun when it's externalized, when it's externalized, I get to sort of have fun with it and have it be a joke where when it's in it's going on in my head in the box. It's a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, it just it just it gets tiresome. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Well, I I I feel like we got a pretty good uh, a pretty good reflection on that. Anything else you wanted to share? Well, it just makes me wonder why um, Joni Mitchell is coming up so much, and it just makes me worry. Like, I put a picture of her up in my apartment. Um, I just have this feeling like, you know, we lost John Prine. We just lost Eddie Van Halen today. Um, uh, Mac Davis. I don't know. There's others I can't think of, but it just feels like you kind of, you can't, you can't mention Mac Davis without mentioning Helen Reddy. Did she die this year? Yeah. Oh my God. It was oh, on wow. the same day that Helen Reddy, who wrote, I am woman, hear me roar. Or at least yeah. sang it. Too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all 
and then you had I think she probably wrote it and then you have Mac Davis who around the same time put out what I think is one of the great sort of positive macho songs of the time <laughs> which is hard to be humble oh lord it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way I can't wait to look in the mirror Cause I get better looking each day To know me is to love me I must be a hell of a man Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble But I'm doing And I love both those songs And they're both They both have such bravado Sort of it's like in my mind when when they when I thought of them together and I really hadn't thought of them together until their passing on the same day, it felt like, oh well, this would be like I'd love to see this movie or I'd let like this would I'd love to hit to see the the battle of the sexes played out on this terrain with Helen Reddy being like I am woman hear me roar and Mac Davis being like oh well, it's so hard to be humble I can't help it the way I can't. I, you keep staring at my gene meat, Helen. Hell, I don't even know what that means. I guess it has something to do with the way that I feel out my skin tightly. You're like, I'm not staring at your gene meat. Well, maybe I am a little bit, because I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> Sorry, we're not making fun. Uh, but And as you were saying, you were talking, you were... I couldn't help but take it in a different direction. Sorry, talking to no, myself could... in my brain. But uh, you were saying about Joni Mitchell. Yeah, just be, but just it makes me feel like she might her time might not be long, and that would be very sad. As long as she's happy to be breathing, I want her to breathe every breath possible. But when the time comes for her to go, she will be one of those people who it's like the the line from Star Wars. She'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. If you think she's powerful now, yeah, when, she'll know, be our, our Princess Leia. And, yeah, 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 just like the the depth of what she's delivered. Now, I, now, somewhere, not that she's going to probably listen to this podcast, but somewhere, Veda Hilly is saying, <laughs> "Hey, wait a second, how do we get how do we get talking about Joni Mitchell?" <laughs> That's right. Personally, and this again, I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble with people. It's going to seem like I'm knocking Joni Mitchell, but. If I had to choose a favorite between Joni and Veda, no contest. Yeah, well, you're always loyal to. I love, I love Veda Hilly. Your and, people, and she's. Yeah. I think Joni would love her as well. And you, we, there, it's a, it's a terrible thing that we feel the need to pit great artists against each other. But <laughs> I felt like I needed to just butt Veda Hilly back into this conversation because. Uh, well, because that's what we were talking about. Or at least that's what we're talking about now, where we're going to be talking about the song of the day. Uh, yeah. This, uh, sorry, that was the song of the day for that podcast. Song of the day for today. I can't seem to get enough of October 6th, 2020, is my song, Paint My Day, from my most recent album, All You Get. And... Uh, <laughs> What do you think about that? Well, at first I was like, oh, it's such a beautiful day here in Missoula, Montana. And I was trying to put it together. But then I started thinking about Joni Mitchell again. I'm like, oh, yeah, the lyrics are very similar. 
the paint painting the i am a box of paints yeah yeah um well again it's just that same feeling of just flashing on joni mitchell just your references to california and particularly the album blue and you know lowercase blues <laughs> um yeah it's just uh, with your songs andras you you have like you you talk about how you dialogue in your head you also do that with your your lyrics there's there's so many rich layers um that i feel often end up to uh all i know is i you take it from a unique angle about um you know you're you're just embracing the wet and uh and the and the rain and the coldness and the grayness and uh it's just kind of it's one of your particular trademarks what's good is bad was bad is good someday <laughs> what's that <laughs> bob dylan line <laughs> it's like you uh you speak I don't, it's not riddles but you you contradict what society deems as uh the right that the way things should be it's like walking forward in a backwards world mm. you know that's a that's a line from josh clayton felt i know that yeah 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 well, you know what you know what what the song's about. No, I wrote it during the WTO protests. Ah, and it was raining, and so after the first day or two, everyone who I went up to Seattle with went home, and I stayed there, and just kept sort of. I guess it's probably. I'm sure that's happened with people with the Black Lives Matter protests. Younger people who, you know, go to one protest and they're like, yes finally people are talking about the truth and something good maybe there's something positive happens on that first day and then you just sort of stay with the activists who you're there with and just like well, i'm just going to keep protesting and lasted for i think stayed there for like four or five days and oh, wow. and i remember just that sense of getting up in the morning and it was gray and so the the song is about not just celebrating the gray of Washington, but the gray of that situation and the sort of, in my mind, like when I was thinking of Paint My Day, I was also thinking of the people, the the cops spraying the tear gas. Uh-huh. And just this idea that, the, that people want sun and happiness and and so they avoid, so we avoid the grays the the stuff in between where we want to be and where we are right and we we avoid reality yeah yeah and yeah it's weird this is one of those songs that i after i wrote it and recorded it i've never felt compelled to play it and if you asked me to play it i wouldn't know how uh-huh yeah. um and i kind of I kind of love those songs because then they stop like at a certain point they stop being mine or they got to like I sort of like I got to birth them and have them and have my name on them but there's something when you know a song it loses its magic and so when mm. I can forget it mm. then you know not that it wouldn't be fun to work with a band and learn it again but uh, yeah so that's just some some insight from 
the songwriter. Uh, I, I'm yeah. sorry if the song you said that the songs leave you feeling. I, I hope they only make you feel inadequate when you're trying to describe them and not when you're yeah. listening to no, them. No, when I'm listening to them, <laughs> they, they wash over me with a, a beauty. Well, it makes it easy to listen to over and over and over again because it's almost like I never, I, I never, I don't want to dissect it. I just, I just want to enjoy it because it's just beautiful. Well, I hope that was the case today. It's odd. I liked seeing that my song came up today, but then I'm at a little bit of a loss about how much we should talk about it and when we should move on. So maybe okay. let's move on. Sure. So now we are getting to the place where it's time for you to ask your question to the Pop Oracle. Sandman. Okay. Do you know what your question is? I think so. And do you have the app open and ready? Oh, yeah. Let me get that open here. What is your question for the Pop Oracle, Sandman? Okay. My question is... Okay. My question for the Pop Oracle is, does it make sense for me to move to Hawaii this year to celebrate my 50th birthday? Hawaii Five O. Okay, give it a shake. The answer is Monster. God goes to Denver seeking love. Is that the band? Wow, yeah. I have no idea how to find them.
claws grow sharper, his skin turns green and brown. Still this beast pursues me, this monster named Amnon. Is he a friend, or is he an enemy? Can one escape one's reality? One's reality? Monster from God Goes to Denver Seeking Love, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS on March 7th, 2006, 3706. And just in case you're wondering, I have no idea who those people are. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't just one guy because there was other singers, but I don't really remember them very well. I think they were one of those groups that that called me that week and said, or not even called me, sent me an email that week and said, hey, can we be on the show? And I said, yeah. And they came in and they did it and then they were gone. So huh. I have no idea who they are. It's uh, a great song. Yeah. And a pretty potent answer to your question, didn't you think? I do think so, yeah. So what did you make of it? Well, first, I, I should preface it by saying that I had two questions I really wanted to ask. and But we'd had a conversation yesterday where you were... You sounded like you prefer personal questions rather than political questions. Yeah, so I, I was just, like, I'll go, yeah. I'll go with the personal. But the political would have been because I wrote, I mentioned that song that you're going to play at the end of this. Um, Hope Hicks. Uh, I say the Antichrist is in the grass, and so my question is going to be, like, 
is it possible that, or it was going to be, is it possible that Trump is that character and who's the opposite of Christ? You know, like that doesn't mean he's the devil, but is there on the spectrum of humanity, if Christ would represent someone loving, compassionate, empathetic, is there a character that the Bible would say, this is the opposite of that? <laughs> and if so, is it possible? You know, Bob Dylan came out with that song that mentions your movie in it. Uh, a foul uh, murder most foul murder most foul that mentions yeah. nightmare on elm street yes yeah and he also says the age of the antichrist had just begun back in the you know back in the 50s 60s and um it's, it just always feels like you know trump is that guy so if there is one and uh so yeah so so then it was kind of answering the, the the other question too but then i started realizing wait but this really that. this is more personal um and it's a better it's better to look at the personal because i'm also we all have our own anti you know whether it's anti moses or anti anti, anti ani defranco yeah <laughs> anti life and uh, so i see it in myself um kanye west uh, on his his classic album, uh, Strange Dark Fantasy, or I think that's what it's called, it was recorded in Hawaii, and he has a song on it. His big hit was called Monster, and it just talks about himself being a monster, and he has such Trumpian ways, and we all, you know, we all do, I do. And so it made me think that me going to Hawaii is kind of like an escape. Uh, in the chorus, it asks, can one escape one's reality? You know, I'm trying, I'm turning 50. It's scary. It's, I'm officially, I'm, I can no longer say I'm just a boy anymore. <laughs> like I'm bona fide going to be 50. And uh, that's a little scary. It's also, I'm, I'm scared of, of what could, might happen after the election, whether it's a civil war, whether we just get locked down, whether I can never travel again. I don't know. Like a lot of fears are coming up. Uh, that shadow. So in that in the song, it talks about the beast is faster than my shadow, puts his arm around my shoulder and bears his sharp teeth. Like these fears that I have, these anti-life sentiments of, of the, are we all going to die? Or is all are our freedom freedom is going to be taken? Which is another lyric in the song. Will he ever set me free? It's like I'm trying to. I'm in a weird way. I'm trying to find where am I going to die. And I want to. I don't want to die in a cold basement cave in Missoula, Montana, on the solstice or whatever. I, I want to be in Hawaii, where at least I have a chance to live out my days, even if it's the grid goes down. But you know, I can roam the warm beaches or something. So there's this there's this fear in me that dystopia is really, which ties into that idea of the Antichrist when when the Antichrist arrives. There's going to be lots of dark uh, days, and your song of the day is, is nice because it kind of takes me out of that realm. It's like, oh, I'm looking at it from a Christian perspective, but a Jewish perspective is, you know, lacharem, bring color to, bring color to the grayness, uh, look into the void, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I guess it's it's that's one of those. I, I'm getting a, a little bit away from the interpretation of your song, but if you consider that uh, 
whether it's the fact that Christ was Jewish or that his teachings were about peace, you could pretty much just say that the Antichrist is anyone who claims to be a Christian but doesn't accept the fact that they're also a Jew. By being a Christian, they're a Jew. You know, it's like one of those weird, it's one of those weird paradoxes, maybe the kind of things that's confounding in my songs. Uh-huh. It's because the world confounds me. Like the Antichrist, like the Antichrist is everything that's been made out of Jesus since he died. Like, so that's, it's, it's, that's when I, it's hard for me to get my brain around. I, I get what you mean. What you're talking about is, you know, the, 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 the opposite of life, the killer of life, the, you know, something uh-huh. that is maybe is evil, if we're going to use that term. But yeah. It, it gets so confusing with the Antichrist because, again, I'd say most of the teachings that have followed after Christ are kind of Antichrist because they've been used to subjugate the poor, to scapegoat Jews, to build the power of empires and, and like and Rome and you know all and other iterations of Rome and all of that is in the name of Christ which would be the ultimate antichrist thing way to be if like whether you buy the teachings or you buy who the person was so that's why yeah. it's a little bit confusing to me what i think is funny about god goes to denver seeking love <laughs> is because the, just the name of the band is it's about God going <laughs> to a place seeking love. And if you really buy the tr- that, I think maybe the, the truest teachings of both. Um, well, I mean, I guess of all religions, which is that we are a part of like we are one with the creation with creation. We are the creator of creation and the subject of creation. So there is a God in us, or a Buddha in us, or a Christ in us, or, you know, right, that these are archetypes that they exist within us. They exist outside of us because they exist inside of us. So the idea that the God part of you wants to go someplace seeking love, you know, and again, if you were going to, like, I wasn't thinking about Trump, but you were. So as much as you got the devil you also you got the monster you didn't get the devil or the antichrist but you did very clearly get god right uh, <laughs> uh and love as in your answer which are uh I, I think that that goes to a deeper place and also i've always thought it was really funny i feel like i don't think they had a name for their band i feel like they made up god goes <laughs> to denver seeking love that day <laughs> just because... and you have a picture of John Denver on the on their album or whatever. Well, that's what I put in there because I always thought it remind it oh, always reminded me of God because uh, oh because John Denver starred in Oh God, the oh. movie, and <laughs> so right. God goes to Denver to John Denver seeking love is kind of what that movie's about. But I don't think that's what that song's about. Uh, one, uh-huh. Honestly, whenever I th- the other part I think about is that I remember the beginning or a big chunk of On the Road happens in Denver right yeah that's right and just that idea of god goes to denver seeking love seems like the kind of ecstatic blasphemous idea that jack kerouac 
that that jibes with Jack Kerouac, and huh. uh, and yeah, and then and then looking at the lyrics, there were all, all these lyrics of like, "This is my first night here, drinking my nice cold beer with my new room, new roommate." Yeah. Until very late. Oh yeah. I've got a different home with different numbers on my door and phone. Right, because I'd be I'd be renting a place for two or three months there. Yeah, and I try and find a, there's even the line I try and find a more comforting place. Yeah, so, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and there is a woman at the end of it too. There's that's wait. There's a woman at the end of your story or at the end of the song. Well, at the end of the the line, like I'm going to Hawaii not just to go to Hawaii, but also because there's a woman there with a you know a place. And she wants so you have, in that place. Yeah, got it. I mean, I'd bring my daughter. She has two daughters. I'd bring my daughter, so there'd be more than one housemate. But she would be the one that I, you know, is, is calling me. Got it. Got it. So I would have a new housemate. I would have a new address. And hey, you know, we were talking about John John Denver, but we didn't even talk think about Bob Denver, who played Gilligan. <laughs> And he lived on an island. That's funny. <laughs> and you know what's kind of funny is that you are kind of a cross between John Denver and Bob Denver. <laughs> totally Rocky Mountain High mixed with that goofers. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking more like uh, the character, uh, Maynard G. Krebs, the character he played in The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Uh, I see it. <laughs> that, I could see that you being a cross between that guy and the John and John Denver. So And I would be taking the airplane which might lead to my doom. Yeah. Because you're leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when <laughs> you're he, back again. And didn't he die in the airplane? Bob Denver? No, John Denver. Oh yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. There is a lot there. But also it, it the seems optimistic. Being... It seemed optimistic. Well, I'm glad you think so. It it definitely is is looking into the void and and, and re- I mean the monster he's talking about is, I think, himself. You know, it's the beast is faster than my shadow. It's it's the box. It's the box. Will he ever set me free? And then, I mean, it's it's about it's about one's terror about. Yeah, can they can they rise to the occasion and 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 find love within themselves? Because the idea of the monster being called down down, you know. Me being raised Catholic, a lot of my stuff is around sexuality. And so I still have this crazy confusion about, is it okay to be libidinous and lusty? You know, I, even the words are, are derogatory, but is it okay to be open and uh, sexual and free? Uh, and that, that monster down, down, the first chakra, or is it the second? Well, depends how you Both. depends how you do it. <laughs> yeah, good point. Whole yeah. thing. Yeah, One if you're answer. doing it right, you use all the chakras. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, there's this feeling like I'm a sex addicted monster. That's what destroyed my marriage. You know, that's what has made it so I've never learned how to relax into a true, loving relationship. And so, you know, I've been divorced five years, and I just I sw- I constantly sweat it out. Like, how can I? I really want a relationship and yet I seem to get, you know, bored unless there's like a lot of sex. And I don't think I can rely on that as a good compass for, 
for finding happiness with another person. Like I have to find it within myself, not expecting something from them. So, you know, it's like, it makes me sweat just thinking like, can, can I make this relationship work given my addiction? You know, like I'm a love junkie, but by love, I mean, sex junkie. Well, the thing I was thinking about, about down, down, the, yeah. a monster named down, down, what I was thinking about, cause I was all, I was thinking that, like you said, that it's, it's really about the monster is yourself and it's entropy. Mm. So it's sort of like that everything winds down. And from that standpoint, it's one of the, one of the wonderful things about aging mm. is that the, the sex drive, uh, you know, the edge, the edge starts to, to come off of that a little bit. And anyway, we both have had a lot of time being on the road and being single and meeting people and having experiences. And some of those experiences went well, and some of those experiences didn't go well. And some of them seemed amazing at the time. And in retrospect, it's sort of like, hmm, is that all there is to a fire? Right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. To me, I just feel like that idea of down, down and the entropy is like, maybe think of it as not going to hell, but thinking of it as deepening, like. Mm. And revisiting those, those, those first two chakras that I've been terrified to yeah. allow movement to flow through them. Yeah. Find their intelligence. You I'm know? already talking like a, like a new agey Hawaiian. Well, uh, you know, and that, and even <laughs> that idea of the beast, I, I, yeah. I, I have a, that's why I was saying about the Antichrist. It's like it's such a confusing term. One, of, I have a hard time talking about evil because I have a theory that evil, well, that language is evil because language is the only place that evil can exist. Like, right. is in the naming of it as evil, it becomes evil as opposed to being like, oh, that tidal wave is big and wet and will crush me but is it evil right it's only evil if i think that it's evil it's right. it's just a big wave that's going to wipe out me and everyone on this beach right uh even death isn't evil it's just right. part of part of the thing and so all of any so all of this shadow work whether it's with the lower chakras or thinking of whatever the opposite of life is you know, all, or even seeing yourself as a monster, all of these are seem like they're invitations to shadow work. And I, I guess I feel compelled to reflect back to you about this. Maybe it's because I know you really well. And so I'm, I'm going to take a little bit more of a liberty than I would with the usual guest. But I find it interesting that in a song where the you know, the name of the band has such positivity in it. And there are so many lines that seem very positive about finding a new place that where your mind went to was a lot of the darkness. And I would, and I would just invite you to think that m you might be projecting that darkness onto this. I, I hope so, but I don't yeah. see in the lyrics. I can't, all I hear, all I see is horns and claws, bearing sharp teeth terror about not being able to be set free um like i don't see 
it, even the chords are minor. Yeah. Where do you see it? Yeah, no. That, to you, that's positive. Well, not necessarily the chord, the minor chords. I know that the tone. Uh, well, the, that's just the God goes to Denver seeking love sound. They're just sort of drony and minor key. But I guess for I guess because of that, and because the like when I first heard it, I thought, oh, this is going to be negative. And then yeah. he starts. He's talking about finding a more comforting place, and then he's describing being there. Yeah, because you can't get away from yourself. Because again, because it's maybe, yeah, you wherever you go, you're there, and you're bringing all of your karma and your ideas and your thoughts and everything that comes with it. But yeah. if the question was, should I move to Hawaii? That was the question. Should I? Right. Right. Yeah. Then you got an answer that was all about moving to a new place. That's a good point. And, and finally being able to face that, that terror, which is actually a gift. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do your shadow work, do it in Hawaii. <laughs> Don't do it in, in the winter in Missoula. Yeah. Huh. I mean, you can, no offense. I let, I spent, I, I spent a very wonderful winter week in missoula it's a fantastic place i love it but not but not a basement uh yeah no i was in a very nice airbnb right that's where i'll be yeah um so well i i think that's uh anything else you want to talk about about that before we move on well two things i i don't want to forget about john prine we we, we kind of blew over John Prine and he's such an important musician who died this year and has so much poetry, you know, being the mailman and all with the, the ballots. So just, uh, yeah, here's a shout out to John Prine who also lost his life. And, uh, but, um, but one other thought was just, my name is, has the word Chris. Well, I guess that was, that wasn't the question I asked, but, but just, you, yeah, you're, you're, you're so focused. You really want to go to this, to the, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So I, I, you know, so I mean, I, it's fair because I feel like there's the question that yeah, I, I do think that the, the pop oracle answers the question we ask and the question we don't ask. And since you, I guess, changed your question to some degree because of my influence, I think it's fair that you are asserting what was your original question. But yeah. This is where I, I guess, again, take some liberties. I hope you don't mind. Feel free to, yeah. to stop me. No, I, I like it. You're like being a good counselor, a therapist. Right? Uh, is, I feel like Trump hatred or Trump fear is also a kind of Trump worship. Yeah. And I see it in a lot of my friends who are spent... Like, if you're actually opposing what he's doing, I think that's very positive because he's he's doing some very negative stuff and the people around him are doing negative stuff. And if you're actually doing things to challenge or confront that, then that is very positive. But I see a lot of people just sort of like saying, look at this terrible thing he did and look at that terrible thing he did. And mostly what they're saying is, look at him, look at him, look at him, which is not that different from people say from a positive message energetically. And so uh -huh. for me, it's a fine line because I don't want to get caught up in. I guess I don't want to get caught up in Trump worship 
And I know that I know that, you know, the people who are caught up in pointing out every bad thing he does and posting about it on Facebook. And I'm not saying that that's what you're doing. Uh-huh. But something in this question about you just keep being drawn. Maybe that's where like the the entropy or the shadow or like if, if we're going to use the word evil is, is that it's the thing inside of the like so the, the, there's the whole universe. There's the whole world. I would say then, you know, it's like the William uh, Blake thing. There's a universe in every grain of sand inside of every pop oracle reading. There's every possible answer. Every, you could ask any question and get any song, and there's an infinite number of answers in it. And what's interesting is what we choose to see, or what not even what we choose to see, what we see, what we notice. Yeah. And it's always a lot easier to do this when you're not the one asking the question. It's much harder when you're the one asking the question. And for some people, it's really hard not to go to the negative, and for some people, it's not. It's really hard to not avoid the negative. Like some people would listen to a, a song that has all negative things and only find the positive thing that says, "Yeah, I should move to Hawaii because I want to move to Hawaii." Yeah, and that's one kind of thing. But I'm just noticing that that your the entropy of this is pulling you to. Yeah that to the darkness and the trumpiness and i feel like that's where that i feel like that's where antichrist thinking gets you in a way is like then you have to be vig- vigilant against the negative as opposed to kind of again confronting it when you can but not obsessing about it when that obsessing about it actually probably ends up giving it more energy and taking more energy from you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, this is easy for me to say because there are things it's not Trump, but there are actual individuals, people I know who I put, who have done negative things to me, who I spend every day putting a lot of negative energy towards and having to work really hard not to do that. So I have these, quote, evil people that I worship by obsessing about what they did wrong. So I'm I'm certainly not immune to this. Maybe that's why I recognize it. But particularly when it comes to Trump, it gets me, it, make, it makes me nervous because I feel like, you know, they say, like, they used to say, you know, when we do that, then the terrorists have won. And I uh-huh. feel like that's it with Trump. Like, when we give over massive amounts of our day and our energy to hating and worrying about him, then, you know, men were kind of worshiping him. So I think I've repeated myself too much. So. Well said. I like I like how this uh, episode has uh, pointed me into the direction of shadow work. Who would have guessed asking, should I move to Hawaii would take me there. But it's, uh, it's good because it's like I'm already, Hawaii is a place of, of healing, I think, in general. People go there to heal. And uh, already the work has begun. Yeah, there's some great caves to explore mm. there. Mm. I'll be on the big island, hopefully. Thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Happening with our guest, Chris Sand. Please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app. And if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. 
If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign and follow us backstage for my Pop Oracle reading, where I asked, Is it time for me to visit LA again? The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with the latest rap from Sandman the Rappin' Cowboy, a little song called Hope Hicks. And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. Hope Hicks gave Hicks hope. With rope tricks and a trick soap. Trump was sliding down a slick slope, but then he got sick and it flipped votes. Anything goes, it's a strange year. Bottleneck popped and it rained beer. A spaceship came, but it stayed clear when it saw the decapitated reindeer. It's been ten months since New Year's night. October surprise, yeah, right on time. But don't believe the hype. Y'all blind. Trump's not sick. His doctor's lying. Conspiracy theories? Not for me. But this time round, what's not to see? Everybody's got that Trump fatigue. And Trumpism is the real disease. And so is COVID. That's a fact. The story goes that Trump hates masks. But he hates masks because he hates truth. And then that attracts the fascist youth. But Trump's not sick. I swear to God. Don't make me break these AirPods. Another ruse to wag the dog. A smoke screen for tax fraud. And also sexual assault and all these deaths that aren't his fault in three weeks resurrected a hero godlike re-elected the antichrist is in the grass hindsight always in the past but as one leader once made clear the only thing to fear is fear so let this be my rally cry calm the chaos shun the lie trump's not sick don't let him con you and say a prayer for sweet melania it's the radio wait